You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. And I go walking in, and coaches back is to me, and he says, that goddamn Hillman earned his scholarship tonight. If we don't have him, we don't win tonight. And I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm part of Indiana basketball. Now, I don't think he saw me, but maybe he did and just wanted me to feel good, but That sure did make me feel good, I can tell you that. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up, and let's go! Tuesday, November 7, 2023. Thank you for downloading. Lots to get to, so let's get cracking. I said yesterday on the podcast to Andy, I had just finished, Andy, before I called you, talking about all the ticky-tack, silly penalties, and things that frustrate the shit out of us in the NFL. I said that because I meant to get to it, 
after I recorded Andy, and then I was going to loop back, and then because of time, I forgot to do it, and it wasn't in there, and I said, ah, shit. And by that point, I was really tired wanted to go to bed, so I'm like, fuck it. So for those six of you out there who noticed, hey, I don't think you talked about that. Well, let's talk about it now. Question. At what point does the NFL become such a farce that you stop watching? Probably never. But there are some utterly ridiculous things going on right now. First of all, there is a roughing the passer penalty in the Commander's and Patriots game that was as routine of a play as you can imagine. But because the guy tackling Mac Jones had the audacity and the meanness to land on him, it was called a penalty. Funny thing is they keep losing quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, gone for the year. They can't protect him enough. And all these penalties do is just piss off fans. They're pissing us off. They're not driving us off, however. Ridiculous fines are being assessed. There was a play in the Arizona Cardinals-Baltimore Ravens game in which you watch it and you say, all right, there was a fine on this play for unnecessary roughness. It was not called a penalty. Show me where the fine was levied. You would watch the play, which turned out to be this six-yard touchdown run by the Ravens. A nice touchdown run, power run up the middle as they push it into the end zone. I believe, trying to think who that was, Gus Edwards on the uh, call on the carry. I watch the play and I go, roughness. Do I see any roughness here? Do I see a face mask? Do I see a leg whip? Do I see anything that will be out of the ordinary? Couldn't see it. And then I read the text of the post, Ravens fullback, Patrick Ricard penalized, or excuse me, fined, but not penalized, fined $21,694 for unnecessary roughness on the play. What did fullback Patrick Ricard do? He blocked his man legally in the hole on a lead block for Edwards on the six-yard touchdown run and drove his defender backwards a good three to four yards into the pile to finish the play. They took $21,694 right out of his paycheck. Unbelievable. There have been cases where some of the lower drafted players not making a lot of money who have been fined. They end up playing for free that week. Why the union has not gotten their arms around this is beyond me. The league loves to steal. Literally just steal from the players with this kind of bullshit. It should be a, hey, if there was not a flag, it cannot be a fine. Period. End of story. But they would have to sit there and fight and negotiate for that, and the union didn't want to do it. Unnecessary roughness blocking. That's how absurd it is getting. And then there's calls like the pass interference call last night. I'm sorry, the intentional grounding call on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in their game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, DeMar Hamlin did not play in this game. Uh, He has not played all year, according to what I looked up. I thought he was active for a couple of games, has not played all year, was not in uniform on Sunday night. 
which in the big picture to me is, okay, good. I don't think it's smart to be playing football, and I know I'm not a certified I'm no hard expert myself. Shocker, right, that I'm admitting this. It just, in the, it, the risk and the reward, no. Life is way bigger than football. They think you're fine. They think it was a once in a million chance of commodio cordis. They're doctors. They're humans. They have limits. They are fallible. There are things that may not have been detected. I, I just wouldn't do it. So I hadn't played uh, pretty much all year, didn't play last night. Healthy scratch. What's weird is that they keep him on the roster, active roster, and make him a healthy scratch. Is it because they don't like the narrative, the look of, hey, are they going to cut him now that they're you know, past this return to Cincinnati for DeMar Hamlin? I wouldn't be shocked. It'd be kind of cynical to say, well, we just don't want to look bad to cut the guy before he has a chance to go back to Cincinnati. It doesn't matter. These coaches treat every roster spot of the active 53 like it's precious gold, and it is to a certain extent. It's an artificially low number that's set there only because the league is so damn cheap. And you need as many possible backups and bodies as you can. So to carry a guy who you're not playing all year, eh, whatever. Anyway, back to the game. So Josh Allen on a choice route on a stop-or-go route, gets crossed up with his wide receiver, ends up throwing a deep fade to the sideline that turns out was nowhere near the receiver because the receiver had stopped five yards into his route. And because Josh Allen was inside the, the vaunted tackle box, it was called intentional grounding. Terry McCauley, who I am no fan of, he is usually quite the apologist for all of his referee brethren, went, in, went at it with Chris Collinsworth about the specific letter of the law. Terry, go ahead. Terry McCauley, three times. All right, let's look at if the receiver is outside the numbers, the quarterback can throw it over his head as far as he wants to. Uh, However, as that look right there, he threw it way downfield. I don't see that as overhead, so I do think it is intentional. All right, I'm just gonna uh, let me tell you what happened. That's an option route. So if you're cut off as a receiver on the coverage. And you're trying to go deep. The quarterback thinks you're going deep, but you have the option, if you feel like the cornerback's in a better position than you are, to stop. And so that ball was released before Gabe Davis stopped. Nobody was trying to intentionally ground anything. I understand the rule and the definition of it, but in reality, the game of football, that wasn't grounding. No, He wasn't trying to throw that one away. It was just a mistaken read. One second, here's Alex Kemp. So we'll run from 24 to 14 seconds, please. The clock will start on my signal. But, Chris, let me let me just say the route doesn't matter. It's where the ball yeah. lands. Yeah. Is it in the vicinity or oh, the yeah. direction of the, the uh, receiver? And it's just not there. That's that's the way we've officiated it for a very long time. Terry, I, I, I know. I, I totally agree with you. My point is that's... You're a nerd and nobody likes you. ...something that the referees on the field understand and they know as football fans but they have to call it the way that you're describing it. I get it. The problem is the league has become a league of technicalities and lawyering and replay and specifics. And, yeah, yeah actually, technically, that's a, that's a penalty. Where's the judgment? Let's make referees in football have the ability to make judgment calls. The funny thing is, if Josh Allen had whizzed the ball into the upper deck, 
clearly uncatchable by anyone short of, say, Iron Man in a rocket suit. Had he done that over the head of the receiver into the second deck from inside the vaunted tackle box, it would not have been intentional grounding, even though it clearly was intentionally not meant to be caught by anybody. So in that case, it would have been, but the rules say, oh no, that's okay. But this pass on what Collinsworth very capably described, because according to the rules, the route doesn't matter. He's uh, not downfield. Let the referees make judgment calls. Stop trying to define everything. You know it when you see it. I believe there is a famous Supreme Court justice who was once asked, what is pornography? And he said, I'll know it when I see it. Hold on. What is pornography? I know it when I see it. Let's see if Google's awake this morning. Ah, yes. Justice Potter Stewart in 1964 tried to explain hardcore pornography or what is obscene by saying, I shall not today attempt to further define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced, but I know it when I see it. Because you can't define what's hardcore. What was hardcore in the 50s is considered, is that even porn? Like, we don't even care about that anymore, right? We'll see if the NFL finds a way to get back to uh, that. That Also, the Packers got flagged for two offsides penalties on offense. Normally, the only time I ever see offsides on offense is a wide receiver lined up sloppily in the neutral zone. And in this case, it was offensive linemen on fourth and short negating multiple fourth and one conversions. And it was because Sean McVay, being, well, Sean McVay, Mr. Savant, had seen that the Packers were tiny, a little teensy tiny bit that guard John Runyon was lined up with his helmet just breaking the back plane of the football to encroach on the neutral zone, and he was in the ear of the line judge going, that's a penalty, that's a penalty, that's a penalty. And what's unfortunate is that the referee should have the leeway to go, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to call that. That's bullshit, and we're not calling that. Even your own defensive linemen, they're not complaining. There's no advantage being gained. We're not calling that. The league is going to downgrade referees who don't call it by the letter of the law and by the book. And that's creating for a much more frustrating and shitty product that we still watch. (laughs) Because what are we going to do? Not watch it? Then there are the trades that make no sense if you're trying to win. The Cardinals traded Josh Dobbs for a seventh-round pick. Seventh-round pick. All that Josh Dobbs did was come in and win a game for the Vikings, and Kevin O'Connell, they had no business winning because Dobbs is such a pro, and he is such a quick study. He's already saved two teams' asses this year as a journeyman quarterback, the Cardinals and the Vikings, that O'Connell was essentially translating calls and mapping out plays mid-huddle as the play clock was ticking down. He called Dobbs' ability to handle it all one of the most impressive things he's seen in his career. I like this guy, Dobbs. What's up, Skull Nation? I want to introduce myself. I'm Josh Dobbs. Great dub today on Sunday here in Atlanta. Cheers to the next one. I'll see you guys back in Minnesota. <laughs> I love it. This guy is amazing. He doesn't even know all the players' names. He's like, fuck it. Let me come in and 
win this game. Seventh rounder, that makes no sense if you're trying to win. I think there's quite a few teams right now definitely not trying to win. In the pantheon of assets, digital assets highlights things, weird Easter eggs that have popped up in sports over the years. I think this next one might actually be top three all time. Texas Southern has a marching band, and they are quite good, apparently. And they have a tuba player. They have many tuba players, including another instrument that looks like a tuba, but it's not quite a tuba. It's like a mini tuba. Sousaphone, uh, vobraphone. I don't know what it's called, even though I was a band nerd myself. And the tuba player is in the stands, and he's playing his tuba with the band, and he's kind of juking and a-jiving. And some drunken-ass redneck comes up to him and starts screaming in his face. You play that tuba. So after being yelled at for long enough, the tuba player decides to just turn and start laying a beat down on this mouthy, drunken fan. It was amazing. I don't have the audio of it. At least the video clip is not playing audio right now for reasons I don't fully understand. But either way, he he gives him a four-piece spicy right there. Pow, pow, pow. Pow, 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 pow. Four-piece. Four punches straight to the face. Knocks this guy clear down two sets of bleachers. Wow. Knocked the f- out by a tuba player. In the pantheon of incredible digital assets in sports history, Easter eggs. The you have to see this to believe it. It's up there, man. It's like the guy catching the home run ball with one bare hand with a baby under his left arm. Kind of good. It's the roofer in Chicago jumping some 20 feet off of the edge of the tunnel leading out of Soldier Field to catch a perfectly timed extra point that had sailed over the up the goalpost catch nets. It's Randy Johnson pulverizing a poor pigeon with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball where two things occupied the exact same four inches of airspace in the university in the universe at one time. It's that good. Look up tuba player punches out mouthy fan. And then there's this headline. Orcas sink. Polish yacht after 45-minute attack, claims tour company. Once again, Free Willy has targeted humans on the high seas, writes the New York Post. This time, a pod of killer whales nearly lived up to their name after brutally sinking a Polish yacht off the coast of Morocco. This, according to a Facebook post by the tour company Morski Mile. Is there video of it? No, but there seems to be some still photographs. I'd imagine if you're being ferociously attacked by orcas, you're not going to want to sit there and take good, proper, stabilized, horizontal video because you could be orca meat in a matter of minutes. Although they really don't have a taste for humans. Thank God, by the way. Can we just for a moment say thank God orcas don't really like humans? Because they'd be smart enough to hunt us, no question. 
Apparently, they attacked the steering fin for 45 minutes, reportedly ramming into it, causing major damage and leakage. Attempts to save the vessel failed, and it sunk near the entrance to the port of Tanger Med. Crew was not harmed in the attack, and they're currently enjoying a sojourn in Spain. Are they enjoying it, or are they like, oh my God, we almost got killed by a pot of orchids. You fucking believe that? I'm not getting on a fucking boat again. Now they say yacht. It's a sailboat. It's a sailboat of about 30 to 40 feet, but still, orcas. Can you believe it? All right, quick break. When we come back, a special guest to the Zabecast, plus listener feedback and the origin of the Steez nickname that I was hung with. I now know I have been refreshed in my memory where I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about that humiliation as well. All that straight ahead. You are listening to just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. The ZABEcast. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my He's short. Indiana can win it. And he decided to put Douglas on offer. And they go man to man. seconds. Go ahead. Nobody stopped the clock. Nobody stopped the clock. But the clock did stop at the one second. A little audio two-shot for our next special guest. It's the 87 championship for the Hoosiers with Keith Smart's jumper and the vintage CBS call with Billy Packer 
screaming, they didn't stop the clock. This was after the jumper went through. Nowadays, the clock stops, of course, automatically. But then followed up by Bobby Knight on Senior Day, 1994, against Wisconsin, addressing the crowd at Assembly Hall. A truly one-of-a-kind legend, and it's our pleasure now to welcome on a guy who played for him in Joe Hillman, former Hoosier guard who was on the court for that final shot in 1987. Joe, thanks so much for picking up the phone today. Uh, the retrospectives flowing in on Coach Knight, and I know you've given some. I've watched some of your YouTube clips and interviews on this. But let me start with the basic, broadest question possible. What did Coach Knight mean to you? Well, Coach was, uh, to me, he was a he was a huge persona in Indiana. And he was bigger than life here. And he created such a great, um, I guess, following for the way that we played and appreciation for the way that we played. And, and to me, Coach was just a great mentor. Um, and he was just a, he was a great friend when you were done. And, and those were the things that I'll remember forever. But, um, yeah, he was Indiana basketball. And, and when he left, it's really struggled since then. And um, because I don't know if people came in and, and just said, I got to stay away from him. Most of the guys that came in never really grabbed a hold of, hey, this is what Indiana basketball is about. Right. And I think that was a huge mistake. But Bob Wright to me is Indiana basketball. Uh, that, that's, that's what it is. And he, he made it so good for players while we were here because we were larger in life because he made it that way. Um, and, and the fans had a great understanding for the way coach demanded and pushed players, but the way that the style of play and, and the fans were really appreciative of, of how hard we played as, as, as a team. And, um, and that, and it was just fun. I mean, it, it, people always talk about it. It was fun being on Indiana basketball. Coach Knight made it that way because we won games. I mean, Coach Knight was a winner. Um, whether you like his, whatever you want to say his method was or the way he went about it, he won. And we liked winning. And that's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So, in other words, the practices may have been hell. This, the uh, tirades may have been terrifying, but the winning didn't get old. Well, the winning was expected too, but it never got old. But the 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 yelling and the screaming was five to ten percent of the time. I mean, it just and and that and practices were practices were tough. But when you were in the hunt for the Big Ten championship, um, and we were three of the four years that I was there, practices were 35, 40, 50 minutes long, and we walked through a lot of stuff. And and um, and and he was fun. There was a lot of needling, a lot of joking around that that people just didn't see mm -hmm. uh, what they focus on is, Oh, he's yelling at a ref. Oh, he's yelling at some guy that, you know, cause he messed up a play. But see the, the, the thing is at Indiana, it wasn't for everybody. Uh, but the guys that were there, we all knew. And there was a, just this bond between us because you knew when I looked over to my right and saw Steve uh, Alford looked to my left and saw Dean Garrett or Daryl Todd. And I knew those guys were ready to go. I knew they'd been through the, they, they battled and, and, you know, again, it, it wasn't Knight's fault that guys left because he wasn't changing the way he was. It was – if you left, it was because you couldn't handle it and you didn't like it, and that's okay. Um, but but the 
the all of the the negativity is just blown out of proportion because there were so many more times where he'd walk up to you and say, "Hey, Hillman, you play like that, you can really help us. So keep doing it." Or he'd walk right. up and say, "Hey, Joe, I don't put you in because I think you're going to screw up. I put you in because I need you to make some plays, and I know you can." Right. Um. You know, and he'd pat you on the back, and and there was tons of times he'd get on there and say, "Oh my God." Look, look at this on tape. Look at look at so and so here. If he plays like that, he can he can be a good player for us. Now let's see if he can do it every night. You know, he'd always throw in a little jab, but it was fun. It was, and that's the stuff that people just right. don't see from Coach Knight. I would guess that most of the time, if not all the time, that he really got into one of you guys as a player about something. At the end of it, you, the player, would be like, "Yeah, you know what? He's right." Like I would imagine, he seldom got into you for something that was just not there or not accurate well i can guarantee you i never said that because i was always like that guy's crazy you don't know what he's talking about <laughs> oh really so you think sometimes oh, yeah. he picked on you for shit that you oh. didn't do oh no doubt about it no doubt about it i was like what the hell are you talking about i'll show you but some of it was steve he knew the guys he could really push okay. he knew what buttons to hit and you know like steve alford steve alford got more crap than anybody ever and, you know, but, but coach knew he could push Steve. He knew that Steve could take it. He knew he had thick skin. He got after me a lot. He got after Daryl Thomas a lot. He, he knew the guys that he could really get after. And then there were some guys that he would get after, but it just, it wouldn't keep going. It, it, did, he get after, any, did he get after Alford because it was proving the fact of, hey, I can yell at my star. So that means nobody is immune. Well, I guarantee you this, the, the best players that coach coached, during his all this time in Indiana, the more you played, the better you were. You got you got yelled at more. He was more demanding on you <laughs> than, and and that's what was so great about it. the guys that played were the guys that were getting it. So when you come in as a, a freshman, you see the best players getting yelled at. I mean that that's that was the, the demand of hey, you've got to be better. I need more from you. Um, and I always told guys when they came in, hey, don't worry about when he's yelling at you. You got a problem if he stops yelling at you oh because boy. then he doesn't care and he doesn't need you. Yeah. Um, and I saw that. There's, there's no doubt that was the truth. But yeah, oh, I, I mean, I didn't play with Isaiah Thomas, but I guarantee you, he got after Isaiah, he got after Whitman, he got after Kitchell, he got after Landon Turner and Ray Tolbert, the starters on the '81 team. And I can promise you, Buckner May got it more than anybody else. I mean, that's just the way he was, and 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 that to me, it, it, nobody could ever say that Bob Knight was not fair because. Every day at practice, we had seven guys on red and eight guys on white. If you were in a red jersey, you were going to play in the game. And there was numerous times during a week where a guy would switch his jersey from red to white and vice versa. And, and you know, so every day at practice, you had a chance to, to prove yourself. And he, and he didn't care who started. He, he basically said, the players dictate who's going to play. And... He was fair about that. And I, yeah. I, that, that to me was the greatest thing about a coach. I mean, I would have hated to go to a place where there's a set starting five for the season and you go 20 and 10 or 18 and 12 and the same starting five truck out there every game. It's like, well, if we're going to lose with this group, let's try somebody else. And that's, that to me was where Coach Knight was absolutely fair. Right. And, again, he got after guys that he needed more out of. And so – you know, but there, yeah, there were times where I'd go, what are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you're crazy. 
And, you know, you'd bubble that under your breath. And, and then all that did to me, though, is I then would want to run through a wall for him. And, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. And most guys did do that. Now, there was probably some times where, you know, he, he'd go a little too far potentially. And you'd go, yeah, he's probably right. But I think if there was one fault of Coach Knight, is he probably – he probably – well, he was terrible at saying sorry. And I'm sure there was times where he got after somebody, where he walked away and said to the to the to the assistants and to the people, and he said, "Ah, man, I I, I probably went a little overboard on that." But it, it, that tells me, and 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 I know that that happened. That tells you though that coach, it, it, there was a method behind what he was doing. Um, and the thing is, it was successful and it won. Right, and. You know, I, I said earlier, it wasn't for everybody, but everybody that stuck around and, and went through it, there's a there's a bond, there's a brotherhood of, of all the XIU players, whether you played with a guy in, in the 70s or – I mean, there's a huge respect factor of every ex-Bob Knight player that went to Indiana. Right. Speaking of tirades, the one that gets the most run is the one that peeled the paint off the walls in the locker room that was caught outside when he's screaming about – Greg, Greg, Greg Graham recovering, and I'm not, not going to sit around here with a bleep and eight and ten record. Uh, uh, my producer uh, Armin went into the That's archives. The he, it, we were like, we were talking about it, and we're like, wonder what year that was. And Armin said, "Hold I on." I know what year it was. He it goes, was "Hold on." Yeah, he says, "Hold on." He goes, "Let me look it up." And in 1989-90, they went eight and ten in the league. Yeah. You guys, you had just finished playing. You'd graduated. You you guys yep. went fifteen and three and cut down the nets. Then yep. they went eight and ten, and Knight was on an absolute bender. So the following year, ninety ninety one, was that tirade, and it must have worked because you bounced back to be fifteen and three and co twenty nine and five that year. Yeah, they were really good, and and he knew they were going to struggle after my senior year because we. Our best player, uh, Jay Edwards, on the 89 team was only a sophomore, and he left to go to the NBA early, and he's bringing in a bunch of new guys. So that was tough. That was a group of Calvert Chaney, Greg Graham, uh, Pat Graham was on that team. Damon Bailey had come in, mm-hmm. Matt Neighbor. I mean, they had they, – they, they were good. Eric Anderson. I mean, they, they were a good team. And, and yeah, that, that, that year following, they played a lot of young guys, and they went 8-10. And, and, and that thing's not in the locker room. That thing's out on the court. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's how loud and booming his voice was. And he, he, that's one of the great ones. In fact, Steve, we had a, uh, we had a text thread going the night that he passed away of about 10 or 12 guys from the 87 team. And somebody posted that. And I responded, Oh, would I love to hear this at me again? Um, just one more time. And, so one of the guys posted on there, only you, Joe. Only, only you are a sicko for uh, that. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, you know, I mean, and, and he probably did that two or three times a year. Um, usually early on, if you lost the game early on or you played poorly, and it was just attention-grabbing stuff. I mean, it was, and rarely did that happen. You might get that one time during the conference unless um, you weren't going to have a chance to to win the, the conference. Because – Bob Knight's goal every year was not to win a national championship. It was let's win the Big Ten and then let's go see what can happen. Because you know you have to have a lot of things go right to win it all. We oh, didn't yeah. even play in, in '87. We did not play very good basketball in the tournament. I mean, we played really good against Vegas and we played spurts. We played really good in the second half against Auburn, but we didn't play very good against Duke. We played awful against. Uh, 
played horrible against LSU. And then we didn't play, we were sloppy against Syracuse. So, but, but what we did on that 87 team and, you know, a lot of nice, good teams, we just found ways to win. And that's what, that's what coach was always all about. Let's just be hard to play against because you're not always going to shoot it well. Um, you're not always going to have good nights where, you know, you, you can dictate what goes on, but you can be hard to guard. You can be mentally tough and, you can you can play hard at the defensive end. You can block out, and we can eliminate mental mistakes. And our teams, we always were good free throw shooting teams. So um, you get an easy points that way. Uh, and and I think that's that's one of the things that that Coach Knight, if if he were to say, what would you want people to say about your teams? I think he'd say, I want to say, I'd want somebody to say we were tougher in hell to play against. Yeah. Was that, um, was that year against LSU in the tournament? Was that the year that Knight ended up punching the phone off the hook yeah, on yeah. the scorer's table? Still one of my all-time favorite Knight highlights. <laughs> how, how, how bad did that have to hurt? He knew Flint's too. Pounded the table and the phone oh, boink, went right off the ringer. <laughs> nails that thing. It doesn't even flinch. Is like, I, I remember seeing that going, oh my God, that had to hurt. <laughs> But that uh, it, the funny thing about that game, Steve, was at, at the press conference. That that was a game where I uh, I got in and played a minute and made a three point play, got scored and got fouled, made the free throw, and and he got up to on the press conference and and one of the questions was, "Well, give us a little thing." Well, goddamn that Hillman, he came in and hit a pinch hit home run on the bottom of the night to tie it. We wanted an extra innings, and then somebody asked him the question, "Well, coach." You're downtown eight minutes ago. You think you're in a little bit of a problem there? And he said, "Yeah, you know, I wasn't thinking that we had a very good chance." I looked to my left and saw who was coaching the other team. I knew we still had a chance. That's right. That's <laughs> right. The old dig at Dale Brown. <laughs> Dale Brown. You know. So I watched. I played the highlight of the uh, smart jumper, and I was watching you do your thing, weaving in and out there. And I was wondering, what was your role on that play? What was it like to be on the court? Uh, when Smart hit the jumper to win the national championship, well, it was really interesting because we he set the whole thing up at the timeout. We 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 Smart makes a layup to cut it to one with 29 seconds to go, and we call timeout. And he uh, at, at the timeout, he said, "All right, we are not going to guard Cycling. We're not going to guard Coleman. And as soon as they throw the ball to one of those guys, foul." So they throw the ball into Coleman and we foul him, and then we call timeout. And at the timeout, there's again the 29 seconds. He said, All right, here's the deal. I want the first good shot taken. I don't care who gets it. Let's not run it down to the end and, and do that. But let's not force anything. But let's just run a regular offense and, and get a good shot and step up and hit it. So, and he said that specifically. When Coleman misses this free throw, now if he makes both, we probably call another timeout and set something differently up. So he misses, misses badly. We get the ball, and we're bringing the ball up the court, and I'm bringing it up. All of a sudden, they're in a box and one, which we hadn't seen all game. So now you can see us kind of directing stuff. And it took us a while to get into what we normally do on a box and one where we have the two big guys low. Who was the one on? Alford. Okay. And so we usually ran Steve off of screens down below um, and then hope to get him popped out. Or if the, if the, the big guy down below uh, hedge on it, we could get a guy stepping in. Um, and they bottled that up pretty good. And so we, you know, I mean, that, it was kind of a, just a, 
helter skelter. Not, I don't want to say frantic play, but we just really never got into much. And just a really good play by Daryl not to force a shot, which Coach had talked about, because uh, he would have he would have had to take a shot over Cycling, which would have been a difficult play. Um, and then Smart hit a great shot. Now, and Smart missed that shot. Oh boy, it would have been the yeah. It, 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 he may have never heard it because he floated left, and Coach yelled at him all year, quit floating left, quit floating oh. left on your jumper. Because he floated out of bounds when he landed. But, right. Um, Did- yeah, and then the amazing thing is, is you know, Syracuse didn't call a timeout until there's a second to go. And then today's rules, the clock would have stopped before. So, yeah. um, you know, that helped us. Well, the rest is history. Exit question. Let, let, hold on. Yeah. Let, 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 me tell you, let me tell you one story on that. So after the game, we're sitting there. And uh, Bob Lee at, at ESPN comes in, and we got a bunch of people, and so they're interviewing me in my locker room stall. And Bob Lee says, "Hey, Joe, walk us through the last 29 seconds." So I tell the story about, "Yeah, Coach said to you know whoever gets a wide open look, let's just step up and knock it in." And Coach Knight walks right by what I'm saying that he leans and goes, "Yeah, Bob and Hillman knew not to take that shot." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was smart enough to know that that did not apply to him. There was no good shot that so, would have been good enough. Yeah, so that's where I mean he was funny about that stuff. But then you know a half hour later, I'm I'm going in and we're in the stalls at uh, in, in the Superdome, which is all football stuff and, and big big huge shower rooms. And he's sitting over in one shower stall with a bunch of chairs, a bunch of his guys, and everybody's going and taking showers in the stalls to the right. And I go walking in. And coach's back is to me, and he says, that goddamn Hillman earned his scholarship tonight. If we don't have him, we don't win tonight. And I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm part of Indiana basketball. Now, I don't think he saw me, but maybe he did and just wanted me to feel good, but that man. sure did make him feel good, I can tell you that. That is pretty cool stuff. Last question, um, if you could time travel into Knight's career and pull him aside for a heart-to-heart, talk because you saw how things were going remember you're from the future and if you were to able to try to convince him maybe to do something or to stop what would be an unraveling that was unfortunate with him in indiana where would you go in time and what would you say oh wow great question um i would go to like 95 and 96 because that's when it kind of started and i'd say coach stick to your guns Quit recruiting the guys uh, that are the, you know, the the Nike camp and keep getting the tough skinned, tough minded guys. And you got enough talent. Your coaching ability is good. And then, you know what, coach, it's okay to say you're sorry. You know, it, it's okay to let people know that, you know, you knew you, you, you knew you messed up. Cause I think he's, he has said that before um, about that whole situation. Maybe I went a little overboard on mm-hmm. it. Um, but I mean that—that's. Would he listen? I don't know. That's the—that's the larger thing. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it would have made a difference. Perhaps he might have said, yeah. "Hillman, future Hillman, yeah. get out of my office. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you're from the future. Get out." No, yeah, that—that's—that's that's what I would. That's what I would say because yeah. you know it's—it. He was such a great coach, and it would have been absolutely the the best thing ever if he coached at Indiana for his whole career. And, yeah. uh, but then that's okay. You know what? He went down to Texas Tech and, and really, really kind of restored or put that kind of thing on the map for the few years he was down there. He did well down there. But you know what? You weren't going to recruit the, the type of player. I mean, Indiana got good players. I mean, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and you were never going to get that ability down at Texas Tech just too hard. And um, But – 
I mean, Steve and I look back at everything. You know, I was 17 years old again and uh, had to make the choice all over. I'd go back to Indiana and play for Bob Knight in a second. There's no doubt in my mind about that. A legacy that will not be matched, a life well-lived, and many, many friends who remember Bob Knight fondly, including yourself. Hey, Joe, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final segment, thank you for the feedback as always, Zabe at Yahoo.com. I want to thank Joe Miskey or at 24 Mountain Creek. Not sure if his real name is here. Uh, He's a loyal one-half percenter in northeast Wisconsin. Joe MSKI. Maybe doesn't want the publicity. Thank you, though, for reminding me. Where did my alternate nickname of Steez come from? We had talked about the Steed story regarding the signage at the Nemecolon golf tournament. Okay, I guess that could be a printer mistake. All right, who else is coming to this thing? Okay, Steve, Steve Zabin. No, Steed? Okay, Steed, whatever. But then it gets worse. The Paul Feinbaum show, Paul Feinbaum show on the SEC network one day 
talked about America's top 10 national sports talk shows compiled by Barrett Sports Media. And they went as follows. Number one, Colin Coward. Number two, Mike and Mike. Number three, Dan Patrick. Number four, Dan Lebitard. Number five, Jim Rome. Number six, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Number seven, Rich Eisen. Number eight, Doug Gottlieb. And number nine, one spot ahead of Mr. Feinbaum, who is actually doing the show on ESPN. And I do like Feinbaum. I enjoy his show. Whenever I get to catch it, I don't watch it or listen to it a lot. At number nine was one Steez Zaban. S-T-E-Z-E, Zaban. I don't know where they got that from. I don't think in a million years that Jason Barrett of Barrett Sports Media misspelled my name in the release that went out or the blog post that said, okay, we've compiled from our panel of judges. Here's the top 10 national sports talk shows in America. (laughs) I don't believe he messed it up. So someone typing in the graphic at ESPN either messed it up, or they're like, okay, fuck Zabin. Watch this. Steez. <laughs> now, how did Joe find out about this? Well, he just went to Twitter and searched. Feb 5, 2016, Steez. I tweeted, just call me Steez. I suppose it's better than Steed or not. Maybe. Hashtag no respect. And now you know, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. couple more emails here, Zabe at Yahoo.com. This one from Kelly Graham. Zabe, just a quick note to say I really enjoyed the 11 slash 2 show with Galdi. I like what he brings to the show, despite myself not being a DMV resident. Additionally, I like the new format, at least so far. I wished a few of the guest segments went a bit longer, including today's. However, I say it's better to leave them wanting more. I try to be as little of a burden to my guests as possible. 15, 20 minutes, be efficient, get in, get out, stick and move, get the essence, and keep her moving. Anyway, thanks for the daily entertainment, despite your Michigan and Lions shade. Be well and continued success, Kelly Graham. Listen, I've been wrong about the Lions. I was touting them like, ah, these guys, they're going to lion. The Lions are going to lion as they always do. And then I'm going, oh, shit, they're good, actually. And I do like Dan Campbell. And Michigan's really good. I don't know how much the cheating, which is at this point obvious and undisputable, the cheating, I don't know how much it helped them, but I know this. They went to great lengths to do it. So if it wasn't helping them much, Why'd they go to such great lengths to do it? This is the same dynamic I applied to the Patriots and Spygate. A memo went out the week before the Patriots got whacked from the league saying, stop it. All of you, stop it. Stop the filming. Because the Jets were doing it. Uh, Mangini was doing it. Pelichick was doing it. And so if it didn't matter, why were you doing it? If you weren't breaking any rules. Why didn't you talk about it? And if it wasn't Connor Stallions on the sideline of Central Michigan, then, well, we're waiting. Another day is gone. Uh, still no discipline on Harbaugh. Apparently, they can only give him two games without any input from the board of 
governors of the Big Ten or the university presidents, a larger panel, that the commissioner himself, Petiti, only has two games in his pocket to give uh, Harbaugh when he deserves more easily because the scope of this thing was massive. This was a massive, shameless circumvention, a cheating scandal of no uncertain terms. And it had to mean something. I did see a comparison of when this likely started and what Michigan's record was. And Harbaugh was a disappointment until something clicked. Now, I'm not enough of a college football guy, I'm not enough of a Michigan guy to go, well, here's what they got. They got a better quarterback. They got this guy. They got that guy. They changed offense. I don't know that. But the optics of when things started to turn around versus when this whole uh, skunk works was stood up with Connor Stallions, it's bad. It's bad optics. It looks like it was a big difference. And it clearly meant something because they kept doing it. And they clearly were cheating because they didn't say, oh, no, we told everyone we were doing this because we knew we were within the rules. You weren't. So you didn't. And he got caught. Now we'll see if they get punished. Finally, Mark Freeman says, hey, Steed, I'm surprised a noted candy expert like yourself has not realized that Milky Way is just a female Snickers, as in a Snickers with no nuts. Otherwise, Snickers and Milky Way are the exact same candy. I did look it up. It is basically caramel nougat with chocolate on the outside. Is it the same kind of nougat? Is it the same kind of chocolate? I don't know. Plus, you know, your candy bar can be anybody it wants to be. It doesn't have to go by what it was assigned at birth, whether it was a nut-based candy bar or a smooth, creamy Caramel only. Be who you want to be. That's what they say. That'll do it for me today. Thanks so much for listening and downloading. Spread the word. Rate and review to tickle the algorithmic overlords. And as always, if you want an extra dose of me on Fridays and you just want to support the pod, sign up to be a premium member. I do appreciate it. $5 a month. I know it's so much money, but it does support this effort and hopefully future efforts to expand and broaden my podcast horizons. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus 
wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.